Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Scope of Work, the podcast that uh, you thought you left in 2023, but has, in fact, followed you to 2024. In reality, we were just trying to get through January like the rest of you guys. Now, I know I speak for the entire Scope of Work crew, considering it is just myself, but man, we are so happy to be back with you guys. Uh, It's been a long hibernation, if you will, and there have been some exciting things that have happened since we last spoke. Uh, I launched a new website called SOWPOD.com, SOPOD, if you will, and... um, you know, that just felt like a fun little means of kind of uh, extending the brand and uh, hopefully including some additional scope of work content in the future that uh, you won't find on the likes of Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So more to come on that in the future. Now, I know we are a little bit late to the party, but we are kicking off 2024 with a very, very exciting episode for you today. I am joined by my friend, former boss, Chris Connor, uh, the man who got me started in the industry. Uh, Really great dude. Uh, Hopefully you can hear just how wonderful he is through his uh, very thick Australian accent. But alas, uh, you know, it adds some character and flavor uh, to today's episode, and I hope that uh, you enjoy it as much as I do. Now, what's special about Chris as a guest is he not only helped me get my start uh, in the agency world and, you know, as an agency veteran, but uh, since we last worked together, he has actually moved on to now be on the client side of things. Today's episode highlights uh, really the realities of working at an agency versus working as a client, uh, focusing in on the similarities, the differences, really everything in between. I think that by the end of this episode, uh, having listened to some of the back and forth between Chris and I, uh, you know, if you've ever expressed an interest in working for an agency or working for a client and you're uh, fulfilling the other role in and of itself, uh, you have some additional context and information that uh, might encourage you to stay where you're at or make a switch. Once again, thank you, thank you, thank you for bearing with me as I've uh, endured what has been an extended hibernation, but uh, again, so happy to be back, and without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to Scope of Work! I'm also going to need you to come in on Sunday, too, okay? We, uh lost some people this week. What the f***? Oh, it's such a drag. What a chore. Oh, your wounds are full of so everything's a stress. And what's more, well, it's all somebody's fault. Hey! Get, 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 get out of it. Hey! All right, everyone. Welcome back to Scope of Work. Happy New Year. It uh, has been a while. We're glad that you've uh, bared with me through uh, this, you know, extended hiatus that I seem to have a lot of, and uh, we're excited to be back. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Max Cedargreen, as always, returning to my position in front of the mic. And uh, today I'm joined by a very, very special guest, a great personal friend of mine, one of the first mentors that I ever had in my career, uh, the one and only Chris Connor. Chris Connor, welcome to Scope of Work. I mean, look, it it feels weird for me to call you Max, considering I was also the person to give you your first work nickname, which was Ace, Um, but I'll go with Max. Thanks for having me, Max. Yeah, Uh, of course. Uh, I appreciate it, man. Well, really quickly, that's uh, actually a great, uh, you know, kind of thing to talk through because, yeah, Ace... That was honestly kind of traumatizing to me, to be quite honest with you, man. (laughs) First day I show up to uh, an internship in a new city where you guys were giving me like 
no money. <laughs> Literally no money. I think it actually cost you money to be a part of that internship, but that's a different story. It definitely did. But yeah, you know, new everything, including uh, new identity. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think it was some silly way that your uh, email address came spelled out. And I was like, Ace, that's who you're going to be. You're now formally christened as Ace. And uh, I think uh, I think I even managed to get it kind of plugged in at the second agency we worked at. Yeah, um, maybe maybe less successfully. I think you fought that one a little bit harder, but uh, that's always been a, a point of pride in my career is that nickname. Um, yeah, honestly, that. honestly, it was cool though because you know I was I was brand spanking new, like fresh out of college, and uh, yeah, you said it. You said it was such authority. You're just like we're calling him Ice. <laughs> just <laughs> I was like, oh shit, yeah, I got a nickname. This is for real. <laughs> oh, man, I remember we were. Uh, I was like, in, I think we had a, a, a conference call with you on the phone and you sounded like you're maybe 12 going on 13. <laughs> and uh, Michelle, I think who was working with, it was like mainly your manager, I think actually. Yeah. Was, I think he's good. He's got some good experience. And you, you kind of had such swagger on the phone. Like, yeah, let's do it. Let's pull yeah. this kid from Kansas. And, I mean, uh, Anytime, anytime you're going to get somebody who's willing to uh, uproot their entire life to move to a new city and you don't have to pay them anything like that's, uh, you know, you drive a hard bargain. <laughs> uh, well, uh, man, it was uh, it was a decision that we never looked back on. It was so good having you a part of that team. It, yeah. I don't know. You into that we'll talk about that little agency at some yeah point. we sure will well welcome again uh so appreciate you taking the time to come on scope of work um obviously uh as i mentioned chris was really one of two of my first bosses uh and we did work together at multiple agencies in the denver area but uh chris i know all about you i've been very fortunate to know all about you and uh <laughs> you know kind of the wonderful career and the wonderful human you are but uh for those uh out there who don't know you uh tell me you know what do you what do you want to tell me about yourself sure well i grew up in australia uh but moved to the states around uh, 2007 so i've been here uh more than half of my adult life for the last almost 20 years or so uh started off in new york as an intern uh, at an agency um I was kind of small to medium, had some pretty cool clients, got to work on on some finance, some big bank accounts. Then as my kind of career grew, I kind of dipped my toe into the large corporate advertising world in New York City. And that that is a grind. Uh, that, that that kind of got to me. Um, so I only stuck around there for about 18 months. Uh, but that 18 months was pretty, pretty formative. I got to work on a pretty massive technology brand rollout and worked with a bunch of uh, different countries, uh, different agencies, had to work with kind of all these massive corporate enterprises in the advertising world. And one, the budgets are incredible. So it was kind of amazing to see the production value, but it was also interesting to see kind of the the bureaucracy that comes with the, the, the those big corporations. Um, yeah, I can imagine. So kind of, yeah, so it kind of stepped out of uh, the, the big corporate world, actually spent a, a bunch of time at this small branding agency, but they were kind of dabbling in uh, lead generation, demand generation, and uh, even just like media buying for the first time. So I got to kind of spearhead that. That was really cool to bring it all together. I was responsible for the both the media planning, the buying, but also the creative execution, uh, the landing experience, the content. Uh, and then 
kind of how that flowed into email and uh, ended up doing it in like five different languages and um, ended up winning a few, few awards for it actually. And um, it was, it was cool. It was a good experience kind of living and working in New York. Uh, but the grind of New York is, is very real. And uh, my wife and I just needed somewhere with a bit more space. And so we ended up in Colorado in Denver um, again, mainly because it had a pretty decent advertising scene mm-hmm. and, and, and yeah, uh, obviously love the mountains, love heading out there as much as we can. I'm actually going to head out there tomorrow afternoon and I'm going to take my three daughters who were all born in Colorado uh, to ski lessons, um, which is, is is really fun. It's fun to watch. Oh, them. that's amazing. Dude, I got to say, uh, I miss snowboarding with you because it was always so damn hard. <laughs> yeah. You, you definitely uh, pushed me out of my comfort zone when it came to, <laughs> you know, some of the runs we would do. And, oh man, I'm so out of practice now. Obviously there's no uh, ski resorts here in Atlanta, but uh, those were good times, man. Uh, well worth, times. well worth the, uh, I think mental duress more than anything. Cause <laughs> it's just so daunting. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Colorado is a, it's a wild place. It's a good time. I, I haven't taken uh, my daughters on the same runs. I, I took you on though. I, I'll reserve that till they're yeah. <laughs> uh, slightly Seven more and advanced. eight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So next year. <laughs> uh, awesome, man. So Colorado, what a place, the place that we met. So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, the agency where we started working together, where I started, that was your first agency in Colorado, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Actually, came about in a LinkedIn ad. Um, I like answered this uh, kind of random. It was, it was, it was a, a bit of an unusual process, and got an instant mm. message back like ten minutes later. And I'd, I'd done, I'd been in Colorado maybe for like about four to six weeks already, and had been put my feelers out there pretty aggressively. And this was the only one that, that was like, all right, kind of picked me up and I was like, all right, I'll go check this out. I don't know. It was a tiny little agency. Uh, it was competitive salary, even from my, like my New York agency days. And while it wasn't exactly in kind of my industry skill sets, it was more kind of, I would say education and healthcare. I would say my background is primarily in technology. Um, and it was, I don't know, in general, felt a little bit quirky. And so I started there at this tiny little agency and I think it was maybe like 12 people. How many was it? 12, 13 people? It was tiny. Tops until, until we got to all the layoffs, but uh, yeah. Well, that, that, that's, that's, that's the whole journey we go on. Uh, yeah. It was like one of those things where I was kind of running an account and I knew exactly how much that account was paying us and I knew exactly how much I was getting paid. And those two numbers didn't even match up. <laughs> the math like, wasn't yeah. mathing. <laughs> something. And I'm like, hey, like, and I was, we reported a, a couple of cool new business opportunities and I did work on the new business, but it was pretty clear pretty quickly that the agency had a little bit of a, a funky taste to it with how it was run. I remember like the partying that we would do uh, was borderline inappropriate, to be totally honest. Like they, it was, the owners would kind of encourage it, I feel like. And um, like, do you remember we went to the water park, not once, but twice? Because what happened the first time? Uh, the first time, what happened? Yeah, that was my, so that was my first week. That's uh, right. That was my first week. week. And uh, it was a thunderstorm. So it was like 
We went to uh yeah, water waterworld, waterway, whatever it was. Whatever. Uh, it whatever. What Some it generalized yeah. water park and uh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was my first week and um it was a thunderstorm. And so we all just went to uh a bar and got pissed drunk. And I remember uh we were wa- like eventually we we're just wandering around downtown Denver and I was like, This is crazy. Like this is is this what advertising is? And I remember you pulled me aside and you're like it's not really like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. And it isn't, as I think you witnessed later. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, no, it was, it was what, I mean, honestly, I think the main message I had for you, and there was another uh, kid who was kind of working with us, DJ, uh, at the same time, was like, enjoy this. This is special. I don't know what's happening. I don't know why we're getting paid, what we're getting paid but just lean into it. And we did. And I think we maybe worked two hours max across every single Friday. Uh, and it didn't surprise anyone when we found out eventually that it was uh, entirely poorly run. They were embezzling their their media budget to pay for their bills and their salary. And we're going bankrupt. And we were like, yeah, that, that, that tracks. That, that yeah. seems like the correct scenario that we're in. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Yeah, that was such an odd experience because it did kind of become a race to like, you know, basically beat the clock. You're like, cool, at what point am uh, I going to be, you know, a casualty of trying to cut costs? Like, can I find a new job before that day comes so I don't have to tell anyone that I got fired? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I think we all kind of, I think you were the first one to go and then I was maybe a week after you. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, I remember at one point we were working out the owner's house and they had dogs and the dogs would take, they would take, it was almost worse because they were hidden, but these tiny little, like, tiny little tiny dog poops they just would, like, pellet all over the floor and it smelled bad. And, like, this is not what I envisioned I would be at this point in my career. Yeah, no, it definitely, I don't think it was what anyone envisioned. And um, I do remember, uh, I had the conversation, I think the week before uh, we moved, you and I met up for coffee and I was like, yeah, I'm out. And you were like, I get it, man. I understand. Hopefully I'm not far behind you. And then we were there uh, at the house the next week. And I remember uh, the CFO came in and he looked me in the eye and he goes, you got yourself a real job. (laughs) It was like, that's just (laughs) icing on the cake there. (laughs) Like what? This wasn't a real job. I mean, look, we made real money and uh, maybe I'm I'm proud of the work that we did. We did some good stuff. Good people too. Good people that we worked with. Yeah. Yeah. It just was yeah. terribly run, terribly run. Uh-huh. I, I have no regrets, that's for sure, though. I mean, it got me to, to hang out with you. I have no connection for that kind of uh, little agency. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm also grateful for, like, the work-life balance that it afforded us. I I think I pushed maybe a 30-hour week Yeah, <laughs> pretty regularly on that one. I, I tell that you what, I haven't rapidly. had it since. Yeah, I've yeah, not yeah, had that, that since. Rapidly. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking future state, uh, I'll have you on again in the future and we'll do a full episode on a deep dive into, uh, agency zero, just my, my origin story. And, uh, would love I would love that. That yeah, would be, that'd be great. Cause we could talk about this for the entire duration of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was a good one. It was, there was, there's some good stories that we could. For sure. Through. 
For sure. So uh, give me give me the rest of the rundown. Like help me understand uh, what happened uh, post agency that will not be named. And, uh, you know, talk to me about what you're doing now. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, that was kind of the launching pad for, I, I would say, a, a kind of really focused career in, in B2B marketing. So considering like long kind of business thought out processes, uh, any of those uh, kind of advertising requirements for, for buying life cycles that are beyond 12 to 18 months where kind of companies are buying big, heavy software investments, um, really lent heavily into that a part of the world, worked... Uh, um, at a smaller agency, which funnily enough kind of fell into the same trap as the the small one that we were just talking about, it, it just, they, they got over their skis and they started using um, money clients were giving them from their media budget to pay for like salaries and uh, just uh, doing some, some weird sketchy stuff. So kind of quickly jumped out of that one and into mm-hmm. the one that we both, that's where we crossed paths again. And that's where I would say I really formed um, the the basis for my kind of marketing leadership. Uh, it was an incredible experience that that agency uh, kind of really positioned it in a, in a very different way where they kind of gave me essentially my own small business within the agency. And they gave me the resources that I needed to kind of get a successful business set up. And uh, I was really fortunate to work with one, a couple of really large clients, but also um, with some really wonderful people that um, were able to kind of, I think, paint a really broad spectrum of all the things you can do with marketing from that very high level of brand awareness all the way down through to like very specific kind of one-to-one style uh, campaigns uh, and account-based marketing. Um, and so that was kind of, I think, where I, where I've kind of formed my foundation for where I am today in my career. Uh, and the one thing I would say about the advertising um, discipline is that you get to learn so much, uh, mm-hmm. particularly if you get the chance to work with larger clients that have like a pretty broad reach. So we were pretty fortunate. We were working with a really massive um, technology client and they needed essentially everything. So we got the chance to kind of kind of become um, like a Swiss army knife mm-hmm. where you could both understand and quickly form a strategy around a specific tactic, but you could also start to see how all these things should work together and what a content generation cycle should look like, how you should start creating content and like content strategy and how do you actually start to realize like what does your audience look for and where are you going to go find them and what data are you using to make sure you're telling them the right stuff that's going to make it interesting interesting for what you're doing. So that was kind of the the agency I felt like really kind of set me up for success before I did make that transition over from agency to client side. That's also the agency that me and you kind of crossed paths again at, which mm-hmm. was, I don't know, I think we could both agree it was a little bit more of a professional establishment. Yeah. Um, but definitely... <laughs> yeah. The, the, it was uncommon to work less than 60 hours a week at those agencies, which somehow seems to go hand in hand. The good agencies always seem to have the the worst uh, work-life balance. It seems like they're somehow taking advantage of their employees a little bit, perhaps. Um, so I actually but, have a uh, perspective on that, right? I would so, love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah. So I don't know if it's necessarily taking advantage, but I have found that I am more compelled to work harder and over deliver if I am surrounded by other really talented people and obviously good, good agencies, you know, attract talented people. But yeah, I mean, I think about that agency. I think about other agencies I worked at like uh, in Denver and it was kind of that mentality of iron sharpens iron, right? Never wanted to be the dumbest person in the room. (laughs) And so uh, always looking to try and have a step ahead and like almost like a healthy uh, competitive nature with, with, 
your peers. And I think that's kind of where that starts to culminate from, at least like, you know, that's what I tell myself when I feel bad about how hard I'm working sometimes. I, I, you know what? I feel like that's actually a really astute observation. Um, hmm. uh, I actually never really thought about it like that. I think that's funny because you're right. Like you, you want to show up. I think uh, uh, we're both fairly driven people, right? Like we, I think, like to support our teams and we'd like to to do things that are mm-hmm. going to make us successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and we generally probably like, I don't know if you've managed to do it at all places. I would say it's been hit and miss, but I feel like particularly at kind of the agency we we were last sat together, we, I was able to kind of form the team I wanted around me. And that, that really helped a lot too. Like having the people that are going to push you to do better. I think yeah. also like some, having uh, some accountability as well and like making sure you don't want to let other people down. Um, uh, it could be a part of that as well, but no, I, I, I totally agree. It's actually a, a, maybe that is why, because everyone's almost competing against each other in the, yeah. the hardest work room is usually the ones who are, who are the ones who are noticed. So yeah. If I ever, um, you know, if I ever open up my own agency, that's going to be my like positioning. <laughs> be like, yeah. hey, we all do 70 hour weeks because you want to, because you want to be the best. <laughs> be the best. No, uh, that would never, that. that would never be my vibe. So um, yeah, I didn't say like your vibe at all, man. Uh, no, it's not. But we are, so we are at the point in uh, your career now where we are going to get into, you know, your transition to client side. So that is, the main topic of today's show. So we're going to save that conversation until we get into that segment. Uh, but let's have some fun first, right? Uh, the segment that I like to always kick off, obviously give you an opportunity to pick between the two before we get into the meaty details is uh, keep or kill or work-life balance. And you, Chris, have selected keep or kill as your desired segment. And so um, the floor is yours. What's, uh, you know, keeping you going and what's killing you this week? You know what? Uh, as I think about my topic, I realize how terribly boring it is, um, but it is about data. And it's 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 both. Right. It, it's amazing. I've actually finally it took me 15 months in this in this position I'm in right now to get my data into a at a point that I can actually like present it and be like, hey, look at what we're doing. Um, the kill part is how quickly everyone loves to poke holes in it and <laughs> just like questions it and doesn't believe it. And uh, the the continuous ever loving battle of data. I don't know if no one can crack that nut, they'll 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 win the world over. But uh, yeah, I, it's so important, but it's such a pain in the butt. I uh, I don't know. That's my keyboard kill for right now. Nice. Yeah, I will say that I feel like uh, data is a, a kill of a lifetime. That you're absolutely right. It's so hard to get data visualized in such a way that like you can tell the story you're trying to step like trying to tell i feel like every client i've ever worked with um from my perspective that's always been a pain point and there's never been a solution that's like you know in a spot where it's like cut and dry right there's always some kind of like well it's almost there or like you know it's not quite right but like we're getting there and so that's great to that's great to hear that you're on the right track it's positive, but it's so funny. Uh, <laughs> but, but. <laughs> well, it's like one of those things. Uh, I show it to the the sales leaders and you just immediately see the glaze. Like they just yeah. immediately don't care because it's just one less thing. It feels a little bit like for them to complain about. 
uh, like, look, I did it. You can see if we're doing a good job or not. It turns out we're doing a good job. And now I think it's like just one less excuse they can kind of lean on. That's that's the spicy take. That's real spicy. I do actually genuinely believe in the the collaborative nature of nature of sales and marketing, but there are there are some stereotypes that seem to permeate through, regardless of <laughs> where you're at. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that uh, I'll get to my keep and kill here in a second. But that did just this conversation inspired another story uh, that you and I uh, got to share with uh, a, a specific form of lead calendar. And uh, oh, I recall sitting in a meeting with you where we were working with a, a lovely client, a wonderful client, and we were uh, <laughs> walking through said lead calendar and she, she sat there and manipulated the numbers in oh real gosh. time to tell the story that she wanted to tell. And we kept we kept like changing the view. Um, I think eventually uh -huh. that was the emergence of like the, the fortnightly report that we had where <laughs> I, had to, I had to learn what a fortnight was. But um, remember, <laughs> we, we eventually put it back in front of her and we were like, so this I think this is it based on what you're asking for. And her response was just it's close. <laughs> it's like that's the most subjective oh. shit I've ever heard in my life. Oh, man, that was that was one of the. That was one of the dirtiest feelings I've had in interacting with a client. Where uh, yeah. I, I almost like specifically remember telling our media team to go back into the back room and, <laughs> and don't come out until the numbers are better. And I'm like, Wait, what? That's that's not how that works. <laughs> Just buying lists to pump up lead numbers. Like um, that should, yeah, that like oh, oh man. Yeah, that was I did uh, some wild that. I think I did you a bit of a mischief on that client, actually. That was a, one of those clients where I hired you. I think I took it the day off the day I hired you. Like your first day, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be out of town. But uh, here's the client. And uh, <laughs> 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 like I possibly was like, I don't want to work on this anymore. But I just hired uh, Max, not Ace. And uh, oh, it's fine. You get a, like, you hey, get buddy, a you got this right. I'll see you in a couple of days. Um, and I think that was kind of the. That was my general approach to that account. <laughs> Sorry yeah. about that. Oh, it's okay, man. I I've therapy cures all. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but no, good good chat on data and uh, you know, good rule of thumb: don't lie, don't cook the books. That's bad. You'll get yeah. you'll get caught, and in the case and of we'll our get client, fired. yeah, in the case of our client, you'll get fired. So yep. anywho, so, not uh, to belabor it. Um, so my my keeper kill for the week, uh, I think. I don't know. I haven't listened to the last episode that I put out. I think it was uh, back in December. So this very well may have been my uh, kill for the last time I recorded one of these. But prioritization, <laughs> prioritization's tough. When everything's a priority, yeah. nothing's a priority. And I'm just, I'm going through it right now. You know, everything's hot. Everything's on fire. Everything's urgent. Everything needs to be done well. And, um, oh, you know, man. Those those balances are uh, a bit of a challenge right now. So, you know, is what it is. I don't think that's anything new to anyone that works in this industry. I feel like it's just kind of like a, a lifelong endeavor and challenge that we work to overcome. And, uh, you know, particularly in our world, I feel like this right now is like hot. It's the hot time of year. Everyone's coming out of the yeah. new year. Mm -hmm. It's uh, I don't know if you've seen the memes on social media where like basically all of everyone's let's get that, let's get to that. In the new year is like coming back to bite them in the ass because mm -hmm. uh, we're just 
kicked everything down the can. I this week for me, my friend, has been the exact same where it just everything is now super hot. Everything's very important. And uh the prioritization is truly difficult. And uh I don't know. You just kind of you figure out what's gonna be the the the, the loudest noise, I guess, and hopefully <laughs> yep. go down and turn the volume down from there. It's hard yep. to choose. Absolutely. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. And you know, I'm fortunate. I've got a a really good team, uh, which is so funny because like, yeah, obviously when you and I met, I was an intern and now I manage people, uh, manage like a team of six or seven. And, um, you know, they're all, they're all rock stars, uh, as we say in uh, the advertising world and, um, yeah, love them to death and they're helping me through it. So that's been good. Um, Oh, that's great. That is well, yeah. that's, uh, that's I know. isn't it crazy. Yeah. Grow up so fast, but, um, yeah, that's in a nutshell, what's kind of been killing me. Uh, what's keeping me going is uh surprises so normally i hate surprises right that being said uh my love language is gift giving and surprising other people and so i actually have a big uh surprise for a buddy of mine who's getting married this upcoming april and uh the surprise is no longer going to be a surprise if he listens to this episode but um his soon-to-be wife has a bachelorette weekend coming up in March, and uh, I'm flying down there to go hang out with him and uh, his son. So that'll nice. be a fun time. He doesn't know about it. So, uh, Brandon, if you're listening, like, yeah, I'm going to be down there March 23rd. So we'll have some beers, <laughs> throw the football around. That'll be a good time. So that kind of stuff is uh, nice to think about. I like having something exciting to work towards in the future. Totally, man. Oh, that's so fun. Uh, you'll have a blast. That'll be a that'll be a good weekend. Absolutely. Yeah, it definitely will. Well, awesome. Perfect. No time like the present. Uh, would love to get into today's main topic. Are you ready, Chris Connor? Get me up. I'm ready. Perfect. So today's main topic is what I would call agency, being an agency defector like my friend Chris here. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Yeah. In reality, um, you know, there's kind of a natural progression for a lot of us in the agency world to eventually make the leap over to the client side of things. And Chris is an individual, um, obviously, who I respect a ton and have worked with in an agency capacity, never as a client, because I have no idea what that would be like. But today's uh, topic is really going to be Chris giving us kind of an expose into what that experience looked like in moving from agency to client side. So um, I guess my first initial open-ended question, we'll pick up kind of where you left off when we were talking about your agency career. Um, sometimes making the shift from agency to clients difficult. Like how did you break into the scene, Chris? So I was really lucky. Um, it really happened kind of organically. So I, I think I really mentioned earlier in the episode, I was working with a pretty large technology client and, uh, one of the main clients, I had a few of them there, but one of the main clients just, we hit it off. We just kind of really understood each other and, uh, she could kind of like give me these abstract ideas and I was able to help her bring them to life. And we had a, a bunch of good wins and our, our programs won some awards and just uh, in general, just kind of got on really well. And I was honestly, I was happy uh, agency side for a really long time. And then the agency that, and this is actually the one that we were working at, they actually added another client to my, to my roster. And that client was based in Europe. And this was like during the pandemic. And so it was actually really important that I had my mornings free uh, so my wife could do her work. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so when having like a, a client um, kind of in that time zone, it kind of like really kind of messed up the flow of the household. And I kind of told them that uh, before they did it. And it's one of those things in the agency world, sometimes it just doesn't matter. And, yeah, you and don't what really they get kind a of, chance to say no. Yeah. And that was kind of the nudge that I needed to realize like, yeah, I can keep doing this. I can keep filling my plate and keep working hours and keep kind of like prioritizing my work over my family. Um, and, but I, with this relationship I had with this client, I actually just mentioned to her, I was like, look, I think I'm ready to make a change. Uh, I could see what they were doing on, on uh, kind of her side of the business. I actually really loved the new leader that they had brought in. Uh, and she actually kind of worked with me. It did take about six months, but we actually were able to form a job that was unique to the, the, the big organization. Um, and was created just kind of specifically for me, which was really centered around their customer marketing, which is really just kind of helping customers see the value and like mm-hmm. renew and stay customers. It was amazing. And it was mm-hmm. kind of best case scenario, if I'm being totally honest. I had this amazing boss that already kind of knew who I was and knew my style and was really kind of just able to understand how to give me direction. Um, already was basically kind of just transition team. So I knew pretty much everyone at this organization uh, from a marketing standpoint, both kind of in the the part that I was working, but across the company, it was really cool just to have this little immediate network of, of, of friends and colleagues. I was kind of given the chances to kind of create by myself because it was a new title. I got to kind of define what it was. I got to define the impacts we were going to have, how we we're going to go to market, how we we're going to segment out our customers, build out the various relationships we were going to need across customer success and customer mm-hmm. management and sales enablement and all that good stuff. And it was amazing. It, it was the right call, but I think it was the right call because it was like just organically almost given to me uh, in a way. Um, and it was just, the, it was the right transition and really have no regrets. Uh, I think the agency world, I'd been in it for about 15 years before I made that jump. And it just, it's an amazing place. You learn so much, but it's also a grind. It's not where you go for work-life balance. And I just was starting to feel a need to kind of shift over and, and not have my brain be so mm-hmm. ping-ponged around from like one project to the next. So anyway, I think I kind of went pretty long on that one, but that's kind of how I, I made that transition. I was really fortunate. I found someone that I like to work with. I found a company that I enjoyed doing work for. Um, and I was lucky enough to kind of define the role that I was going to be stepping into. So it was... yeah pretty lucky across the board there. Absolutely. And I think there's something to be said about, let me actually take a step back. Did you even have to interview for this or did it just kind of like, because <laughs> it sounds like the perfect world to be able to like know your client, kind of know their baggage, know the nuance and, you know, agencies oftentimes are in a position to over deliver on these projects and everything. So like, you know, having that full like 360 view of what you're getting into before you even have to like oh, totally. know, submit a resume, like that's pretty invaluable. It was crazy. I did have to do interviews. It was, it, I had to go through kind of a formal process, but it was, was that, it was, was that weird? Um, It was okay. I didn't mind it. Cause I, I was fortunate enough to, to have a pretty good sense of like, mm-hmm going on i could kind of talk about the ins and outs of the organization you i had think, the study guide or the the answers to the test like yeah i already had the answers to the test to be honest and i think the some of the people i interviewed were even newer than i was so i i had some like tribal knowledge that was being transferred that i don't know it was it was it was very lucky um and it took a long time i, I think that was the one thing that i would i would kind of just put out there just have patience with it mm-hmm. i would i would i would find 
find the company you want to work for. That was, I think, really key. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I dabbled with the idea of going client side, but I, honestly, I never found a client I want to work for. Yeah, um, so marketing teams are are somewhat dysfunctional, or there's a lot of pol- politics at play, political kind of actions at play, or budgets gets torn down or built up again, or they go for yeah. an agency model, like an internal model. Like it's such a kind of tumultuous function of 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 a company. It's so funny. I feel like it's almost an echo chamber where the craziness of the marketing team gets kind of transferred over to the agency. And then the agency just collects all the craziness <laughs> up a wall yeah, of the marketing team. Exactly. Shakes it up. <laughs> Which is maybe why there's so many good ideas that come out of agencies, but uh, yeah. Well, you also just get such a wealth of thinking and I mean, kind of one of the benefits uh, and we'll talk about, you know, things you miss from agency life later on, but uh, you work on so many different projects and different clients that, you know, it's not unrealistic that uh, you might get an idea for one client oh, totally. and leverage against another and like just kind of, you know, manipulate it so that it works within whatever industry or brand you're trying to serve. So um, I did want to touch on one thing you said, though, because it actually lent itself to another question that I had. So um I was going to ask you whether or not you uh, had ever, you know, thought you would want to be on the client side of things. And you touched on that a little bit. You mentioned that there wasn't ever really a uh, a client side or client side role that you saw fit for until the one that you ended up taking. But flip side of that, uh, I guess working at an agency and like working with clients, did that ever potentially deter you from wanting to be on the client side? I don't know if it ever deterred me, but there are definitely times when I would kind of just quietly think to myself, I could do so much better than this. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and look, it's a different pay scale. I, I would say like what, what you get paid client side versus what agencies are paying. It's, I, I would say it's almost criminal. Like the amount of effort that you to like, I, I would say the ROI um, for uh, personal ROI for agency versus client side, it's, it's almost always going to be better client side. Um, but at the same time, you definitely like, it's so funny. I would say a lot of the people that I've worked with client side have really always been client side and, and you can tell that they're just like, they're just, you can, they're just so straight and kind of like confined in how they look at things. Um, mm-hmm. I, I find people from agencies because you have that different perspective on all these different projects, you get to kind of take a look at things from a slightly different angle. And I would also say this, it is much less intimidating. Like I think sometimes like I'm sure you can recall working on these massive projects with huge deliverables that are like, like five page SOWs. Like having that, like I've seen a lot of marketing teams get like kind of deer in headlight. My gosh, I got to actually do stuff and have deliverables. <laughs> uh, it's interesting to kind of, I don't know, see that. But then because you know that it's going to be okay, you're like, no, it's going to be fine. We just do it like this. We'll break it out. We'll make it face. We'll make sure that we're being thoughtful and how we're approaching it. We'll plan it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I think the the muscle memory and the different skill sets that you get from the agency world kind of really blend really, really nicely in the client side. And I'm actually glad I chose uh, the point in my career to make the switch. Mm-hmm. I kind of went from uh, kind of a senior account director to uh, a marketing director. And I think I'd spent enough time in my career to have the confidence in my ability to deliver that making that switch. I just, I could see 
at some of the other levels in my career, if I had made the same switch, I would not have had the same confidence I would have had on the client side as I did mm-hmm. kind of a little bit more senior when I made the switch. So that's, that's something else to keep into consideration. I think make sure that if you're going to make the switch, you feel like it's the, it's, it's, it's one going to give you a good trajectory, but you've got the skill set that you're going to feel confident stepping into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense because, yeah, I mean, for a lot of people who do make that switch, it is an entirely new environment. And while some of like the mechanics may be the same, like, yeah, being able to, you know, just be well-rounded to anticipate unexpected asks and requests and be able to help inform and lead a team, like invaluable. Um, I do want to kind of expand on that a little bit, though. I mean, you brought up how, you know, agencies are forced into a state of versatility, right? You have to be that Swiss army knife. You have to be able to learn about things you might otherwise not have. Yeah. Um, that is obviously like a valuable lesson you took from agency into your client, uh, you know, experience and your, uh, you know, you're the next phase of your career. What else? If you had to talk about other like lessons that you took from working at an agency that are really well applied yeah. and beneficial towards being a client and working like, you know, client side, what would that be? Talk me through that. Dude, it's going to sound annoying, um, but it's, 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 it's all about like what Simon Sinek said, right? Like it's all about the why, like why are you doing this? I think particularly like in uh, the client side, people can get stuck into processes for no reason. We, mm-hmm doing this just ridiculous newsletter and it had just been adopted from like three different people and it was mm-hmm. i don't know it was just like literally shouting into an echo chamber about how awesome we were as a company it was getting no open rates mm-hmm. but like every month we were sending this thing out we had to actually turn it off and we, we actually repositioned it reframed it and just did a bunch of different things um this happened a couple times like you come to some of these client teams and they just are doing stuff because that's what they've always done. And it's just not a good use of time. Not good. Not a good use of resources. They're usually not properly tracked or have any kind of really key success metrics around them. So that was something that was really important was like going and looking at the why. Um, that was, I'd say one of the most valuable lessons. And the other really important one is, is lean into expertise. Uh, Cause that's the pretty cool thing about agencies. You have a, uh, a general access to just a bunch of different skill sets. And I've noticed that having kind of a, a broad range of skill sets on a marketing team is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, I, I generally would kind of steer away from, from kind of generalists and really focus on people with like specific skill sets, um, which is kind of what you need to do with the agency world, right? Like you pull in your strategist or you're pulling your UX guy or you're pulling your designer or you're pulling your copywriter. Like it's the same deal here. Um, it's just usually maybe a slightly different mix, but mm-hmm. those are the kind of the two, like, why are we doing this stuff? Like, uh, is it actually working? It kind of goes back to my keep or kill. What's the data say that mm-hmm. we can actually read it. Um, and then kind of leaning into unique and specific expertise, um, and then outsource it too, if you need it. Um, mm-hmm. but don't, don't ask, I don't push people too far out of their comfort zone. If they're willing to take it on, it's okay. But like good examples of video production, you're always going to get a better result working with like an expert who knows how to do video production versus trying to get someone to like record a Zoom um, and edit it to them together. Like you're always going to get a better output by leaning into expertise. So you're discrediting the way that I conduct this podcast is what I'm hearing from you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I just pretty much it doesn't matter anyway. 
uh, all in jest. So, I mean, that's, that's really great perspective. Like, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, big picture question, you know, we've talked about, uh, some of the value you've gotten uh, from working at agencies now working on client side. What do you miss about working at an agency? Uh, the office beers. I'll, I'll admit that, which honestly they went away with the pandemic anyway. So that didn't really. Uh... Yeah. That kind of, I mean, offices kind of went away. Like yeah, I'm fully remote for the most part. Like I go into the office maybe once a month and that's usually just to drink office beers. Yeah, still, and that's that's the perfect excuse to get to an office, to be honest. Um, uh, look, Sometimes I don't know. It's really far from my house, though, and so I have to drive, and so it's like, eh. Like, oh, yeah, in, Den- yeah. in Denver, we were just, like, walking, riding the bike and stuff like that. So that, Yeah, or oh, catching the bus. That was fun. Yeah, yeah that was that different was times. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, no, office beers, uh, and, and honestly, uh, part of my French, but just fucking around. I miss mm-hmm. fucking around so much. Like, we would just be idiots when we were in at the agency and like, I remember one time, uh, one of our good friends as a, a, a beloved, uh, Stanley cup that we, uh, <laughs> dunked in, in, in jello and, uh, you can bleep this part out, but, uh, ended up looking like a giant green. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, I don't know. Like, I think there was at some point we had, like, we would just hide pictures of random people and like, different parts all over the office and mm-hmm. just the silliness. I miss the silliness, right? Like going back to that note about kind of the crazy, crazy chamber. I, I just, I do miss that. I miss um, the, the the casualness that can come with an agency environment. And it's much more like buttoned up and professional, particularly where I work right now. Like you can't mm-hmm. really, you can't really say the jokes or do the silly things that, that, you do here. And I do think the silliness bleeds into the work. I truly do believe that if you can have fun in what you do, it shows up in the work and mm-hmm. everything's better for it. The, the client Completely. gets better. I, I, I don't know. That was a big part of, even when we were at that first small agency, I think that was my note. Like, look, just lean into it. Have the, have the most fun you possibly can because this mm-hmm. is broken. Okay. Um, so that, that's kind of what yeah. I would say the most, I miss the most. Yeah, that's that's a fair answer. And I do agree with you. Um, You know, I think kind of the silliness and playfulness like helps you get closer with uh, the people that you work with. And I'm a firm believer that those personal relationships really help the professional ones. And like, yeah, like if you have friendships that go beyond uh, just being desk mates, you know, it makes uh, the the good work feel great. And if you ever in a position where you're dealing with a challenge, you kind of have that camaraderie and you all band together like that totally is true. And I think a lot of that is fostered by some of the fun that we do get to have when we get together on the agency side of things. Totally. Yeah, no, it's, I don't know. It's good. But, and I think, uh, I don't know. I'm sure you're going to ask, but I, I can <laughs> tell you, I can tell you about the other side if you'd like, I can tell yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, I would love for you to tell me because I do think that when people look at agency and client side, like, you know, as two different entities, there are a lot of perceptions, right? I think, You've touched on a few things that I'd like you to dig into, like pay scale being widely variant across agencies and client side, client sides being, uh, you know, stuffier, not as much fun being had, agencies being more rambunctious. 
talk me through the reality. Like how much of that is true? Like, I think I have some clients that, uh, you know, I personally work with that are very fun and I get the impression that, you know, they have more like of a lively culture and stuff, but, um, you know, I have others that do very much fit the stereotype of feeling corporate and, uh, you know, corporate fun, that kind of thing. But, you know, yeah. talk to me, talk to me about the reality. What's that uh, breakout look like when you compare the two having lived both? You know what? I, I would say it's it's really dependent on, on the stage in your career. Um, I would say, honestly, I, I really wouldn't have done it any differently. I'm so glad I got to spend kind of the junior part of my career in the agency world, okay. like cutting my teeth, learning a bunch of new stuff, just building experience. I wish there was a bit more pay and that, 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 that level. Um, that's just something in general. I think agencies just are just grossly underpaid across the board. I think you've even, you've talked about that in your podcast before, mm -hmm. but, um, I think the junior part of my career, I'm really glad I was in the agency because I got to see so much. I got to travel. It was so much more exciting. I think particularly at junior client side, um, you're stuck in admin, right? And it, it actually is really hard to, to show your value and elevate out. Uh, and you can certainly do it. You just got to work really, really hard. I, I would say the progression is generally a little more kind of natural with an agency side. Like, you know, in general, if you're doing a good job and you're with an agency that actually values you, you should be kind of jumping up in title between every one and two years, I would mm -hmm. say. And if mm -hmm. it's not happening like that, you jump ship, right? That's the thing about the agency world. It's way easier to just jump ship, try another place. Totally. Um, but I would say kind of as you shift into a more senior part of your career and you've got good experience under your belt, making that shift over to client side, it's a, it's a no brainer in my mind. Uh, I, I think pay wise, it's incredible. It's going to give you a work-life balance that is just unrivaled at the agency's world. I, if you can do it right and you can kind of bring your expertise and you can bring like a good level of prioritization. Um, and if you're fortunate for me and you step into a management role and you can manage a, a, a team, uh, it can do so wonders for kind of your ability to kind of have that balance between working and um, kind of calling your own shots, right? And I think obviously working from home is a big part of that as well. I'm fortunate I do work from home, but I go in the office about mm -hmm. once a week. Um, but I don't know, that, that would be kind of like my take is spend the time having fun in your career when it doesn't maybe matter as much. You probably have a little bit less responsibility, but then keep an open eye on that. If there's a good mm -hmm. fit, if there's a company that you think is good and you're getting more senior in your career, I think it, it's a really, it's a really awesome transition and I'm so happy I did it. Uh, I wouldn't say I've completely written off agency um, ever again, but if I ever did step back in agency world, it would be a completely different role to the kind of account director that I was. I would want to be more involved in like new business or kind mm -hmm. of like business strategy. So anyway, hopefully that's not too long winded. Um, no, not at all. Not at all. I think it's a good perspective too, because obviously like there are benefits to both. And I think viewing those benefits through where you're at in your own personal development and career makes a ton of sense. I think that's a great answer. Totally. From yeah, the mouth of, from the mouth of babes, Chris. From the mouth of babes. <laughs> well, yeah. Hopefully, it's helpful. I, I yeah, I, I have no regrets about my agency life. It was stressful. It's got to be one of the most stressful careers, but I feel like it. They don't tell. They don't tell you that when you sign up for it. <laughs> no, they do not. Fast-paced working environment, baby. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Are you an individual who can contribute to a fast-paced working environment? <laughs> <laughs> Too good. Word for word in every job description I've ever uh, applied for. Pretty much, yeah. I couldn't, yeah. I 
have lived it myself, so I completely agree. <laughs> um, I wanna I wanna ask a fun question. Okay. I'll ask a fun question. So you are a client now, right? You are the type yeah. of person that, you know, I deal with uh, on a day-to-day basis, which would, I think, be fun, right? I think that it would be fun. We, we, would have we would have a good time. I would, yeah, bring you into the agency, rambunctious. Uh, yeah, nature. I would just make you pay for a bunch of stuff. That's basically what I would do. Oh, expense the dinners. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Expensive dinners. That, but it's that coming was... out of your budget. <laughs> I know. It's, a, it's, it's very secular. but It uh, is. It is. That's like most people don't acknowledge that. <laughs> but Or maybe they do. Maybe they do, and I'm naive. But, we all know. Um, we, it's yeah. outspoken, but we all know. It is. Yeah, you just don't want to call attention to it because then it just opens the door for so many questions. But I would love for you to tell me a story about a bad client that you've worked with. This this question is kind of like a two-parter because obviously like having worked with bad clients, I'm sure that kind of imprinted on you, right? Something you're like, I will never do that when I am on the other end of the table. I will never, you know, make somebody in my position's life the hell that I have received (laughs) being on the other side of this. And, uh, you know, I'm curious to hear how that like shaped your perspective. And uh, yeah, you know, uh, I guess generally curious if you feel like you're a good client having dealt with some bad ones. Look, honestly, you already told the story that I was going to tell this one. Um, It was the the bad client was the one who decided to lie. Uh, I kind of I feel like that was just a, a morally antithesis moment for me where I kind of vowed that I would never be that type of a person, that I was so desperate to prove my own success that I just had to make numbers up. And it did validate that feeling when she did eventually get fired. Um, but I, 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 I would never be that. I actually, again, going back to the keep or kill, the data, you got to have the data and it is what it is. As long as you can have a story about how you're going to react to it, uh, I do feel like it's always better to tell the truth um, mm-hmm. and be as honest as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was something that I learned. That was that was a that was a that was a really interesting story. Um, and just the whole interaction of that. I remember one time we were scheduled to have a meeting with her, and she just didn't show up. Just like just didn't show up. Mm-hmm. And then like on Monday, she's like, "Oh, sorry, I just was tired, so I wasn't didn't come in." And I just having like that lack of respect for just anyone let alone a professional partner uh was just some 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 of the things that i was like i'm never gonna do that and i'm not gonna lie i do try to like really learn from the things that i liked and didn't like about specific clients mm-hmm. um and i do i think i'm a good client I, I like to think i'm a good client i my agencies i've worked with have been complimentary uh, and I do, I, I think I realize the value of like description and over communication, mm-hmm. um, particularly when you're working with an agency, like there is no such thing as too much information. You also need to have an agency that's paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, like you need to have someone who's actually reading the stuff you're sending them. That's a big, big differentiator. And actually kind of one of the mm-hmm. things I do look at, mm-hmm. I, I, um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I do try to be a good client. We, I will say at this this current um, job, I had to fire my agency. Really? Uh, what was, how was that? It, this is a whole story, and uh, I don't. I won't get into it. But basically, kind of, I'm I'm head of global marketing right now, mm-hmm. and that was not what I was hired for. I was kind of hired as like a senior director of growth marketing. So I was meant for 
really kind of defining the go-to-market strategy, how are things going to work from like a digital field marketing standpoint. It was sure. a gig. But then they fired the chief marketing officer about a year ago, made me the leader. Mm. Um, but with that, just also lumped me with all the baggage from the previous chief marketing officer. So this agency came in and they came in like so hot. They came in like 200% over budget on their first month. And I don't know, they just, they were just not reading the writing on the wall. And so I had to let them go, uh, which was hard. It was, it was a, that was a hard thing to be on the other side of. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say they probably are out there cursing my name. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That that would make sense. That would make sense. I, look, I, that's that's not maybe a hundred percent true. I did try to give them a, a good offboarding, and well, as as I would expect you to. But also, the thing is, like you know, again, you've been on the receiving end of like those calls, right? Like oh, we, yeah, I've been on the receiving end of those uh, calls, and like, like too many times. <laughs> usually, as a you know steward for the agency. If you're any, if you have any self awareness and you're any good oh, at being you know. like an account leader, you know it's like not going oh, well. And like you definitely. know it doesn't feel good, and like you know, of course, efforts can be made to try and salvage things, but typically, like in those instances where I've had those difficult conversations, um, it's not necessarily a surprise, and you can oftentimes rather than curse the individual for firing you, you're like, okay, look, I understand. How do we make this as amicable as possible? Knowing that like, you know, we want to get, we want to get paid for the remainder of the work we have and like, understand if there's no more after that. And like, let's just, you know, let's make this as painless as possible. That was the hope. Uh, I will say that they they, they actually, (laughs) these guys held some files hostage until we like, Oh no. Employees. Like, Honestly, they did it in a way where I tried to position it as like, look, I just need you guys to go quiet for a hot sec, but maybe I can bring you back in. And the way they exited out, I it was like, well, I, now I can't do that. Like now everyone on my team hates you as well. I can't. You gotta, you gotta, you can't burn that bridge. So yeah, um, it was a bit of a bummer how it all ended up, and I, um, there was definitely some, I'm sure, uh, sour thoughts uh, directed our way, which. Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't right or wrong them on it. It's always tricky when the the chief marketing officer gets booted and you're the agency that came with him. Um, I honestly, I tried to salvage the relationship. I saw some value in that agency, mm-hmm. uh, but it had already been that the well had been soured. Uh, the mm-hmm. my my boss, the chief revenue officer, um, was like, "No, nah, they got to go." So mm-hmm. I was, I was the messenger. That was that was a tough, that was a tough one. That was the the first time really in my, my career I had to let an agency go and uh, or anyone go really. So um, anyway, not to get not to get too uh, too much under that one. <laughs> yeah, sure. I imagine that. Uh, imagine some of those details are are best to be kept kept close to the chest. Um, yeah. Does raise another question though. So. And I've always been so hyper curious about this because I mean you know how it is, man. Agencies are. Oh yeah. Marketing organizations, like every agency positions themselves as, you know, jack of all trades where the experts, like, you know, you meet with individuals like who oftentimes have met a lot of really talented people in the agency world, but you know, I feel like I have a decent barometer for like people who like know their shit versus those who are just like tossing out like buzzwords and stuff like that. 
How is how has that been? Obviously, you had to go out and like source a new agency, look for new partners. What's that feel like to be sitting on the other end and just have that kind of laser focus to be able to be like, these guys are full of shit or these guys like actually feel like they can make tangible difference for my organization? Uh, it's a, that is a really awesome question. Um, you can definitely smell the BS really quickly. Uh, I've been pretty fortunate. The partners I've hired are actually almost always from a referral. Mm. So when you have a referral, it generally comes with a, like a decent amount of credibility, also depending on the referral. Um, like a good example is a video guy that um, I, we actually still work with today that came through as a referral and mm-hmm. he's just fantastic. So I actually, it's so funny, an agency is pitching me right now. And the thing that they're missing is like any even like motion to learn about our business. Mm. Like they've checked off all the boxes, like, yeah, that's great. But we are, I work in a really specific industry and they haven't shown me a single customer success story. They haven't shown me like how they're going to adapt and learn about my industry. Like they haven't taken the extra step to like, show me they're going to invest in what we do and understand what we do. Uh, there's, it definitely just feels like I'm being sold to, right? Um, and maybe if I, like, schedule that second call, I'll move further down in the funnel. But it's just interesting. Um, I, I honestly, like, am really super-duper hesitant to do any cold calling. Uh, I, I, my team has done it a couple times, and they actually have found some decent agencies. But um, – I, I largely only go off referrals at this point in my career, just because lucky enough, I've got a, a large enough network that I can find good referrals or or, or good agency partners. Um, I actually haven't done it where I've, I've kind of put an RFP out and asked for like agencies to pitch against themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, Which would be really the true like, villain story arc because oh, I, totally. recall, <laughs> I recall you remember the RFP days of like oh, just – Oh man, that was it's a waste was, of time. It's a waste of time. Yeah. I, what are your thoughts on spec work as a client, Chris? Um, I think it has to be spec work, but you should do some research, right? Like, I don't think I would expect like free designs. I would expect to pay for those, but I would like, I would like like some mutual partnership in like proving you're going to understand what we do. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I would look for. Okay. I actually would never ask for like free work. Or like, give me some free concepts. I remember several times clients doing that and just. It sucks. It's, yeah, it's not cool. I don't think that's cool. I think you should be able to get across what your agency can do with your customer success stories. That should be enough of a validation um, of like what your skill set is able to achieve. I, I do not, I don't believe in free work at all. I, 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 in fact, that was a mantra that we would have on our um, back in our agency days. It was like no free work because free work spirals. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're getting feedback on free work where you're like, wait, what? We're now dedicating a team to this. Uh, I, I feel like you got to know your worth on that one. Um, so yeah, no, definitely no free work. So that was an awesome answer. And also that does solidify that you are a good client, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> good, 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 good. No, I, I mean, you got to pay, like, honestly, like if money's on the line, people also care a bit more, I think. Yeah. Uh, like, but I, maybe, I like yeah. I like what you're saying, though, because I mean, like, I feel like when it comes to spec work, it's surprise and delight. People like go through and do these like crazy, robust concepts oh, yeah. and everything. And like, yeah. How do you sell 
your value proposition without just using flashy, you know, flashy creative. It's difficult, right? The flashy creative like will come eventually, but I think it's a much harder case to make. And uh, the keen eye of uh, somebody who's put out an RFP like is going to probably be able to evaluate like the strategy better right not just asking for you know what could be a layup or could be outsourced right i've I've worked with plenty of agencies that are like oh yeah this rfp like we don't have a team to do it so we're gonna get some freelancers to do this it's like that defeats the purpose it's not the point guys that is not not the the point point. (laughs) look i totally agree i i don't know i i would not put an rfp out and Unless we were we're at a point of desperation and we couldn't find someone within our network, mm-hmm. um, the one thing I will say, just to counter that, just to 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 do it though, I, I, you can smell the bullshit on proposals immediately. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like today we we got a proposal for we want to get some characters illustrated, mm-hmm. and the guy just like overshot, just like shot his cannon and just like trajectoried over the horizon, just completely missed the mark on budget. And I was like, look, man, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but this is like six times what this is worth. I know the effort that you're going to put into this. It's not Mm -hmm. worth the money that you're trying to charge us. So that's nice. Having that bullshit barometer. Yeah. um, And also knowing what doesn't, like when you get a a proposal, it's like, hmm, that's really cheap. We should definitely do that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So like that is actually really, really, really helpful um, because you can just know that and you feel confident a bit more in like how you're spending your money. Um, And that is one other kind of fun flip. Instead of having to like ask for people money, you get to go and spend money. Mm -hmm. people, People are nicer to you when you're trying to give them money to do stuff. Very much so. And I do think that is an interesting perspective. And I've thought about that before because like, you know, in my position as I'm writing scopes and stuff, you do kind of have a gut feel for like, ah, this feels like it might be a bit exaggerated as far as what they're asking for. And agencies always try and upcharge for that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, being on the receiving end of it and being like, cool. So like, what's the actual cost when you remove the uh, 12% upcharge that I know you just put on this from the get go? Oh man. Uh, I'm not sure if I meant to say this, but we absolutely had a pain in the ass charge where there was clients that we immediately, this is some like behind the curtain stuff, yeah. just added 15% on whatever top because we knew that was just going to be a pain in the ass. Yep. Um, to the point where we started to price projects so they wouldn't pick them up because we didn't want to work with them, but then they just kept saying yes. So it was one of those uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't situations. Um, yeah, at least you get the money for it. You got the so. money. Yeah. But then you're an agency. You don't, you don't make commission. You don't actually like get to see any. Correct. Yeah. And and like you sell in those deals and then you're like, cool, this is just another thing that I. Yeah. Now I just gave myself more work without more pay. This doesn't. Yeah. How did this happen? (laughs) Why am I so unhappy? (laughs) Oh, gosh, man. Well, this has been so much fun. Uh, Honestly, Chris, this has just made me miss uh, working with you. So obviously, like, Hopefully our, our paths cross again. Uh, oh, I'm sure they be, will. Yeah, whether that be agency to client, client to client, or maybe agency agency someday, you know, never, never count it out. But um, I love to close out these conversations with uh, kind of my final segment, which is key takeaways. And so it's more or less the, the TLDR, the too long didn't read, yeah. right? So if you kind of had to boil down uh, your thoughts on our discussion today into one kind of piece of advice, whatever you want it to be, a key idea, right? What would what would that be? What would you want to leave the listeners with? 
Yeah. I guess the most important thing that I can think of is uh, look for your opportunities and follow them. Um, it sounds maybe a bit silly, but I was just really fortunate that this kind of client side job fell into my lap and I was able to kind of pick it up and take it from there. I would say if, 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 there is a, a an opportunity that presents itself, and, and it feels like you should kind of take advantage of it. I would, I would lean into it. Um, there, I have no regrets in the decisions I made on this journey, and um, you can see a world where it's intimidating to make the switch. And I'm glad that I, I I did decide to make that switch. But again, the conditions were were pretty much as optimal as they could have been. Um, so I was very fortunate. Wonderful. Yeah, building on uh, building on that, something you mentioned that I am personally taking as a, a key takeaway is the relevance of where you are in your career, right? I think evaluating it through the lens of what you're hoping to get, um, what you're hoping to achieve, like if you're younger and still kind of on that grind and willing to accept all the experience that an agency would offer you uh, and then kind of parlay that into, you know, something bigger and better in the future. Uh, taking stock of, of where you're at is super important. I really liked when you said that previously. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me, man. This is so fun. <laughs> oh, you're, you're most welcome, man. Yeah. I'll have you come back right. on again. We'll do the, uh, the chronicles of, a, an agency going into bankruptcy as an episode and <laughs> watching it crumble. And then also at the same time, trying pretty hard to like not let it crumble. Like that was, the, I would love there to was a, There was a time. Yeah. There was a time when the, like, you know, pressure was on trying to save it versus let it sink and dive off board so <laughs> we did we won, we won some good clients for them anyway i would love to, do, to, to go talk through that that was a fun time yeah absolutely we'll save it for next time but anywho as always uh you know thank you guys for listening we truly appreciate it uh come on back next week we're getting back into the rhythm of it's a day, but it all feels all it's a good life yeah happy That's hunting have told, a good week Time.